Hello everyone, this is your host, Gemma Putty, bringing health and wellness conversations from North Idaho and across this region. I am so excited to chat with the entrepreneurs, creatives, and believers as we journey together to connect more deeply to ourselves, our earth, and our communities. Cheers to shining bright and supporting local. Welcome to Vibrant Living Conversations. I'm your host, Gemma Putty. For today's interview, I'm talking with Amy Gates. Amy is one of those people who I've had one degree of separation from through a lot of people in CDA for quite some time. Then she popped up in my Instagram through Lavender Sun, which led me to booking a magical sound bath session with her on my birthday a couple of weeks ago. So now I get to talk to her a little bit more. So welcome, Amy. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, Gemma. Thanks for having me. Yeah, my pleasure. Um, so we're going to dive in. And I know you've got like a really rich history of how you've gotten to where you are today from yoga and trainings to now having the sound healing experience. So do you want to give us the synopsis of how you've gotten to where you are today? Sure. Yeah. So I grew up in the Seattle area. I went to University of Washington. And when I was going to school there, so I must have been 18, I took my first yoga class. And I really, truly was hooked from the first time I got on a mat and did yoga. I just had this upwelling in my heart of just joy and everything just made sense. And I was hooked. So since then, I've been studying yoga. I moved to Coeur d'Alene about 20 years ago. Okay. I started teaching yoga then. Mm-hmm. And I've been on that path and journey um, since 2002. So, so wow, that's I what kind of so I know I'm the type of person who have done yoga for the last 10 years, but I've never actually done a training like I've thought about it and it just hasn't been the right time but I'm wondering the piece between starting yoga and then starting the training how that has changed for you like really because yoga we say yoga and I, I used to just think flow right I'm just like moving my body but then more you get into it there's like all of these pieces can you touch on some of those for someone that's like yoga is just movement Right. Well, that's actually a very Western approach is yoga as asana or yoga, the postures. A lot of people first come to yoga because they want to get in shape or they want to stretch or they say, I'm not limber. I need to do yoga. Um, And a lot of people start on that physical level, like I said, especially in our Western (laughs) culture. Um, But really the richness of yoga comes from meditation and pranayama, which is the breath work um, philosophy Um, those types of things. And when I first started with yoga, I was a lot like that. I went to yoga class because I was just going to yoga. I wasn't really thinking about everything that yoga encompassed. Mm -hmm. Um, And when I moved to Coeur d'Alene in 2002, I quit my job, left the city, left my friends, my family, moved here. Mm -hmm. Um, And I really didn't know anyone. And I didn't have a job at the time. I was getting married and going through all of that. And I started going to the gym and I was at the gym a lot. And the director of fitness just said to me, Hey, I need a yoga teacher. If you go, will you go get certified and teach for me? And I was like, Oh gosh, sure. Absolutely. So that's how I started. And I started very basic with a, um, a very sort of gym friendly style yoga through yoga fit. And I went all the way through that. I did 
all their levels. I did every workshop they had. I did prenatal. I did kids yoga training. I did all of it. And then through that, I actually found Shiva Ray, who's a pretty world-renowned, amazing goddess of a woman. And she teaches many things, but vinyasa flow. Um, So that was my first certifications. I traveled to California. I followed her everywhere um, and did that. And then just, well, I guess in the last 10 years, then I found Anusara yoga. And the last four years, I started doing teacher training with Anusara. And that is my main focus now is Anusara yoga, but I can't, I can't get rid of that flow. So my classes are kind of a hybrid, but the real philosophy and the underpinning of, of the methodology that I teach is Anusara yoga. Will you explain that a little bit more? I feel this is so bad that I've been doing it for 10 years and I'm seriously still like, wait, what's the difference between, I know what yin is because I know that one's super yeah. relaxing and mellow. The others are still kind of a blur to me. Right. Well, there are different schools of yoga. So you've got, I mean, there's the hot yogas of the world. You've got Bikram, you've got um, Baptiste style, you've got flow, you've got people, Hatha, which is really all physical yoga. Um, but Anusara yoga, and the reason why it's captured my heart is because it's a bhakti style yoga. So it's a heart-based devotional style of yoga, and it's underpinned in tantric philosophy. So in Anusara yoga, we teach with the five principles of alignment. So it's a very alignment-based practice. Mm-hmm. If you take a class with me or any Anusara teacher, you'll hear muscular, you'll hear open to grace, muscular energy, organic energy, inner spiral, outer spiral. And then there's all these loops all over the body. So it's very technical alignment-wise, but we also teach with this theme. So Anusara yoga, tantric philosophy, it's a non-dual philosophy. So basically without getting too detailed, we believe and tantric philosophy teaches that we are all intrinsically good. So inside each and every one of our hearts is a light and it's the same light that shines in the highest of heaven. So it's, it's like a dual philosophy says, you're a sinner and only if you do this can you be in the grace of God. Anusara actually means flowing with grace or being in the flow of grace. So it teaches us that we are all already in a state of grace. We are all already perfect and lovely and um, an embodiment of the divine. So how could you not be perfect and whole, which I love. The first time I got on my mat with my Anusara teacher and she said to me, to the class, you are not a problem to be solved. You are not a mistake on this planet amongst other mistakes. You are here because you matter and you are worthy. And the entire philosophy that wraps on Yusara Yoga is that beautiful. So we teach with the principles of alignment and we teach with a theme so that it is to invoke the attributes in our heart that are natural to us, our natural state of um, spiritual goodness and loveliness. Oh, so I love that's that. what like really grabbed me. And that's what I'm studying now. I'm currently in advanced teacher training with my teacher, Karen at garden street yoga. I'm doing the 500 hour on Yusara teacher training. Um, and it's lovely. I love it. Oh, that sounds good. The first time I really started to hear that thinking was actually when I, this is so funny, but I was watching eat, pray, love. And yeah. there was like a moment where she's like, I don't remember where they were probably in the Bali part, right. Where she's like in her, but 
God is in us as us. And it like really struck me. And I was like, what does that mean? And it just, I sat with it for a long time before it like really exactly kind of what you're saying. It's, there's not this differentiation. It's, it's energy, it's flow, it's higher power, but we are part of that. And there's not, yeah, I, I love everything you said. That is awesome. <laughs> a beautiful teaching and it, it has so much depth the different philosophies and teachings in it. That's just like sort of the 30 second or three minute elevator speech. Like yeah. how would you, how would you quickly and easily describe Anisara yoga? But then there's all the stuff. Yeah. So I know, I mean, I'm a teacher. I've been teaching for 20 plus years, but I always say I'm a student first because I'll never in this lifetime know everything that I can know. So yeah, no, for sure. And I think that's, I mean, you went from being like yoga umbrella to all of these pieces to all of those pieces have their own theme and belief and style that is so beautiful just to like, you keep peeling back the layers and follow like whatever path calls to you. Right. And I, I think that's, that's just beautiful. Well, and I think that's where a lot of um, back to kind of what we were talking about at the beginning of that a lot of people come to yoga for the physical and that's actually part of the teaching is that you can be drawn to it from the physical. That's like the gross layer or the macro layer. And then Mm -hmm. as you advance and you go deeper, it actually becomes more and more subtle. So you go from the gross, you know, the macro to the micro to the subtle to the vast. And that's like meditation, right? You, you suddenly end up in this space where it's everything and nothing all at once. And then you're like, wait, what's that? I want more of that. And so many people that I know that have been doing yoga for so long, they still love the asana, love Mm -hmm. it, love the breath work, love the challenge and all that, but you can get just as much kind of yoga out of sitting on your mat for 30 minutes with your eyes closed in deep meditation yeah I love so I've I've talked to a few people recently and I'm more and more I just as I'm communicating people like I just believe it's coming home to us it's going inward we need to stop looking outward and that of course it leads to finding peace and meditating so there's been a few people recently that are like I can't meditate. I cannot sit there. What do you say to those people? Um, it's funny that you say that because recently in my classes, I've been saying, you know, so many people say like, I can't sit still or I can't quiet my mind. And mm-hmm. I just recently, and I'll get back to your question, but one of the things I do say is what if we switched the rhetoric to, I can't to, I get to, you know, I get to, come to my mat I get to quiet my mind I get to be in a moment of stillness because for me and all of us I know I mean life is busy right I mean like my teacher also says life on planet earth is messy and it's like earth school is hard school yeah that's another one of her favorite quotes of school is hard school because here we are you know divine beings having this very human experience and it's super hard to quiet our minds but I try to look at it as, and I do, I get to, because every time I get on my mat and every time I close my eyes for meditation, I think, oh, this is like, I this is amazing. I want to be here. Right. But meditation, um, 
you can't, it's hard to teach somebody meditation because it's such a personal thing. It's something that you just eventually learn and you find what works for you, but there are doorways into meditation. So there's so many different practices of meditation. There's mantra based meditation to where you're quieting your mind and you're you're connecting with your breath, but you're coming back to a mantra again and again. So your mind skips a beat and you come back to Hamsa and then you swirl again and it's back to Hamsa or Namashavaya or whatever the mantra is that you're using. Some people use a number, some people use a word, I mean, whatever, or you meditate on the breath or you meditate. I mean, there's so many different doorways to meditation and it's challenging but it's a practice just like Uh yoga asana is a practice. It's all a practice. And just how I tell people, you know, a bodybuilder doesn't get strong by not lifting weights. And when people say, I don't do yoga because I'm not flexible or I don't meditate (laughs) my mind, that's like saying I don't run marathons because I don't run (laughs) or, or, you know, like I'm not strong. I can't lift 10 pounds when they've never lifted one. Right it's baby steps. None of us are naturally good meditators. Right. We're not. Yeah. Um, You have to learn it and you have to practice it. So you're gentle with yourself in the process because over and over you can think I'm doing it wrong. I'm doing it wrong. There I go again. I'm thinking, Oh Mm -hmm. oh gosh, I've totally messed up. Oh, I just quit. Mm -hmm. So it's a gentle start with two minutes. Literally start with two minutes, set your timer and start for two minutes and then go to five minutes and then seven minutes and then 10. And then pretty soon years it might take, but 40 minutes won't feel like enough. Yeah. Um, And it's different for everyone. Yeah, no, I love that. I started with smiling meditation and I honestly don't know how I even like found this, but I was just in a place where I realized that when I was smiling, I just like this changes everything. So I just like sat there with my eyes closed, smiling. And then I realized that also observing the thoughts, like the thoughts aren't just going to poof, be gone, but like observing them and not being judging and sep- realizing that there's a separation there was like the game changer for me, right? That's, that's, that's the holy grail. It is. It's like, you're not your feelings. You're not your emotions. You're not your thoughts. Right. Person that can sit behind and observe. Yeah. And once you get that, whew, that's advanced. So good yeah. job. <laughs> <laughs> it's taken a lot of time. <laughs> no, awesome. no, but I, yeah, I think that's just step one right like step one and for me it was all of these amazing people are saying that meditation is the key and yoga too before I even started that is the key to this feeling that I wanted the peace the inner like knowing and I was like okay if all of these amazing people like I'm just gonna trust that they're onto something and I'm gonna start and I started and exactly what you said it just got longer and deeper and yeah, it's there's so much science that backs it, you know. It's like when the mystical and the science merge, the magic and the science merge, and there's actual, I mean, tons and tons of research on what it does to our brain chemistry, what it does to our central nervous system, what it does to, I mean, our entire makeup. When you are a meditator, you practice yoga, mindful, you can do walking meditation. You can, once you, once you know what it feels like, I mean, you can be washing dishes in a meditative state, you know, it's, it's all about that 
cessation of thought in favor, you know, favoring the breath or favoring the mantra. But yeah, it, it's science-based that it really is like the fountain of youth. It becomes a way of living exactly like you said. It's not like, oh, I have to go to my mat. Mm -hmm. You get to go to your mat, but you can also incorporate it into what used to be mundane activities. It becomes like very like important. And yeah, I love that. Um, one of the big teachings in Anusara Yoga is that we practice for two reasons. And practicing is, is asana practice, pranayama practice, meditation practice, all of those. We practice for two main reasons, and it's to remember our divinity so to remember and attributes of the of the divine are you know an upwelling of joy and bliss or a fullness of heart or you know this content feeling beauty mm -hmm. all of those things that are our divine nature but through the course of life and being householders we have bills to pay we have kids to take <laughs> all this right so we can't just be all blissful <laughs> or else we'd have other problems oh, right um, so you remember yourself to yourself. So you remember that's part of the practice. And then once you remember, it's that feeling that kind of hooks you. It's that, like that, that upwelling that you get of, oh, oh, I don't know. I'm happy for no reason. What, what is this feeling that I have? And then there's like that celebration, that elation of the remembrance of yourself. And the thing is, is that we're constantly forgetting. Right. So we have to remember again and then mm -hmm. we forget and then we're remembering. But we have these practices that can continually bring us back to that place in our heart. And yeah. for me, that's everything. It's like the holy grail. Like, and especially in this, like you said, we're humans living this experience and then oh and then you like add two years like the last two years have been, and it's it's coming home to yourself. It's finding that peace. It's finding the stillness and the craziness, which is the beauty of this human experience, right? It is, yeah. but it's like, we can't, we're not meant to just go through in the outward human worldly experience. Like right. we have that divinity and that connection inside to be the light, to be the guidance, to show up in the world in the way that we want to. And it is remembering that and making time for it like making time for it to be aligned and then it up levels everyone i mean it mm -hmm. sheds off onto everyone around us and it can up level communities and yeah. cities and the world really and you know and it comes all back down to love and it seems so simple yet it's so complicated and that's why we're always forgetting and yeah no we always say you have to remember to remember because sometimes that's it oh yeah that's right I feel so lost or you know like now it's mercury retrograde and there's stuff going on or you know my husband just had shoulder surgery my puppy had parvo then my other dog got a bladder infection and then my puppy oh my had and, you know it's like there are seasons of chaos yeah if you don't remember Right. That this is temporary and oh, there's a place I can go that is ever present, never absent. It'll never leave me. Like this will never leave me. I right. might forget, but I have reliable practices to bring me back. Yeah. No, and honestly, sure. that keeps me sane. <laughs> no, I completely agree. I think yeah. we talked about that. Both of us just yeah. know that we need our alone time. And yeah. for me, it really is daily, whether it's 10 minutes, sometimes it's 20 minutes when it's, but I know that that is vital to me 
being a better version of myself and being the person that I want to be on this planet for everyone and myself included, but for everyone. Yes. Yeah. I love that. Well, and I think that kind of is almost a good segue. We were, I was like, we're going to focus on sound healing. (laughs) I can't talk to you and not like touch on all of this other stuff, but so in all of your trainings now, I don't know how long, how long you've been doing sound healing and how did you get to that? Because that raises frequencies in a whole nother way that I will let you talk about. (laughs) So it's interesting because I've been teach, I've been studying yoga for like 30 years, teaching for 20. And I just recently found sound healing a year ago. So I'm really, I'm a baby. I'm in the infancy of this, but for me, it feels like when I found sound, it was like the cherry on top. It was like everything that I've been learning and I'm still learning and experiencing. It was a, it was another modality to reach people and another way to teach the teachings really sometimes without saying anything. Um, and just the beautiful way in the way the resonance just creates this like reverberation of love I just I was hooked and the very first sound bowl bath I ever went to was actually here at my studio it was a friend of mine um her name's Cindy and she came here and did this beautiful sound bath and um I laid there and the first I swear it was the first gong of her bowl I heard this voice just like my intuition kind of came in my right ear and just hit me and it I it just said you need to be doing these Wow. And I was like, I need to do these. And then I just, we did two in a row. So I got to have that experience. And then the next day I got to have another one. And I just kept thinking, you need to be doing these. I need to be doing these. And so I started doing the research and um, I found a gal in Montana. I bought some bowls. And then I found another gal um, on Instagram, actually, through this other lady who I follow that does sound healing. And I found some other bowls. So my set currently is brass bowls, Himalayan brass bowls, and um, crystal quartz bowls. And they, they each have their different sounds and vibrational frequencies you know some are more grounding some are more uplifting so yeah I've just been playing I've just been playing with it and a lot of it for me is intuitively guided and nobody's really taught me I did go to a, a, a workshop a certification um, so I have like a level one but for me it it feels like when I'm teaching a class and I'm in the flow and my words are coming out and my theme is landing and I know things are resonating in the bodies of my students. When I play the sound bowls, I just tap in and tune in. And it's almost like the sound to me is alive and I can hear the nuances of the vibration and the way it carries out. And with all my years of studying yoga and meditation and breath work, to me, it's, it's like weaving a tapestry or it's just part of it. So, um, the guided meditation that I do when I'm playing the bowls, a lot of it is, is, um, just intuitive for me. Oh, I love that. Yes. When you just connect in and just trust and Mm -hmm. go with the flow or your flow. Um, I'm just thinking, I've had a few people that are like, what is a sound bath? Like what qualifies something as a sound bath? Will you just explain when, um, 
I mean, you obviously have your healing session, which is what I got to experience with you, but then I know you incorporate it also in a group setting and in part of your yoga classes. Yes. So what does someone experience? Okay. So lots of different offerings, but there's the sound bath, which is a group setting. It can be a duet. It can be, but basically you're bathing the people in sound and you might have five people, 10 people, 30 people, and you're basically playing kind of like a concert of sound for the people. And mostly they're lying down. It's a meditative experience. You can sit up or be reclined. Eye pillows are really nice. It's very much an inward journey. So people experience um, lights and visions and spirit guides come in and angels come in and all sorts of fun, cool things can happen. Other people, they're like, oh, I couldn't, you know. <laughs> didn't feel anything or you know I couldn't quiet my mind and that's okay too because the thing with sound is even though they don't know they're getting something they're getting something because yeah. the vibration and the resonance is going in on a cellular level and it's it's in the brain and all the you know it's it's stuff is happening whether they know it or not they're getting some healing and some benefits so that's a that's a bath and then um the private healing that I did with you I created that offering on my own I incorporated you know guided meditation as you know bowls on the body so you stand in the bowl the bowls are on your body and then in the end you got a sound bath so the end of your private session that was just a nice lovely sound bath the drum the chimes all of that Um, and then I also have created like a yoga sound fusion class that I teach weekly at my studio on Mondays Monday nights and then um, I work with a group of healers and once a month we do spiritual healing retreats and I I incorporate this type of thing to where I'm doing some yoga asana and restorative yoga poses so those are supported with blocks and bolsters and cushions and blankets and all of that to set you up in a really restorative posture and then sometimes I put bowls on body or I'll do a sound bath so that's another offering that I've created and for me I love the sound but I'm also you know yoga is just such in my blood that I thought well why not why not in some of these offerings combine the two? No, I love it. That's, that's how that, that's where that came from. I love it. And it's, I mean, it is all connected, right? Like we were talking about the chakras and some of your bowls are different colors because like you were saying, some of them are more grounding for lower chakras and some of them are more uplifting for higher chakras. And I mean, that alone is just another version of like talking about like our seven energy centers and really connecting to our body in very specific areas of course it's all linked but there's there's it's just so much complexity that is you're covering with these different modalities and I mean you even had sense of course right it's very sensory all around too all of it yeah Yeah. no somebody can be really blocked in it I mean we're all energy right everything is energy and we can just get so blocked and it could be anywhere I mean we have our seven chakras that we all know of, but there are actually hundreds in our bodies, if not, you know, I don't know how many, but <laughs> a lot. Yeah. and one thing can sort of get off. And, you know, I've always been a very sensitive person, very empathic person. And, you know, people, I've had people in the past say, well, you're so sensitive or you're so sensitive. And now I'm like, yeah, 
I'm sensitive and my sensitivity is my superpower and I love being sensitive. And I feel like when we unblock a lot of these energy centers through sound, through um, meditation and whatnot, you suddenly start feeling better. You know, you might be able to forgive more or let something go or love better or your, your confidence comes out or, um, you know, so many things you find your voice or you feel more connected to the divine or you're listening to your intuition or whatever it is. And the cool thing about sound bowls is, like I said, somebody can be totally oblivious to any healing going on. Right. You don't even have to do anything other than lie there and be open. I mean, somewhat open to the experience and they're going to receive the gift of healing. There's just, I mean, somebody out there could probably disprove my little theory, but I believe that there's no way they could not receive healing. No, I completely agree. Yeah. And I think it is interesting because even with Reiki, which I like to talk about in the chakras and, you know, you can see people glaze over just from, I mean, and I used to be those like skeptical and just skeptical, but also just not what is intuition? Like, what do you mean when like, you're hearing this, your voice, the voice and like, and I think acknowledging that that is different for everyone, right? Like when we talk about like talk, what is your heart saying? We're not literally talking about your organ. Like there's this whole energy center here that is, wants to communicate with you. And, but then your body, like being in your body as what is it telling you? Are you feeling tingles? Are you feeling there's this whole other level that I think it is just coming in and being open to it and starting to listen and not block yourself off to the experience. I'm sure you even don't have like magical experiences all the time, right? Sometimes you've got too much going on up here. That Absolutely. And there's where I come to my mat and I've got to teach a class and I'm like, I don't, I'm, I don't want to like my brain, <laughs> I, whatever just happened in the home or whatever is going on work or whatever. I'm like, I don't have it in me, but because I've been practicing for so long, the second I tap in and not the second, sometimes it takes a little while, but really I can get to that point, but you make such a good where, where I'm like, Oh, well now I'm back in the flow. Oh yeah, this is good. But you make such a good point because there are so many people that, I mean, actually what we're talking about is quite advanced, right? And there's so many people that are more advanced way. And then there are so many people that are like, I have no idea what you're talking about. (laughs) Yeah. So many people are that, and I don't mean this negatively, but just, we just get checked out. We just, we're so veiled that we don't even, my heart, what do you, what do you mean? And my voice what are you talking about you mean it so it's it is a beautiful reminder that not everybody practices these things and but you have to begin somewhere right right and actually one of the attributes of good studentship is to have a beginner's mind and that's why I constantly say I'm a student first because Mm -hmm. I don't I know this much and I've been studying for 30 years you know right I just feel that it's a beautiful thing to come and say, I'm open. I don't know anything. I have no Mm -hmm. idea what you're talking about. And I'm not even in the mood for this. 
but I'm going to be open. Yeah. And curious and, and curious. yeah, and receptive. Is such a cool thing, right? Yeah. Like, no, for sure. What's that hole? What's it yeah. do? <laughs> what I think. Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think our world also, we don't get taught this. It's not like it's a class that you take along with physical ed and math, right? It's not like you're taught, we're ever taught to like listen to within. We're taught to look at media and the next fab diet and politicians and, 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 and we're not, we're just not taught. So I think starting to have these conversations more and more because that way of living is causes a lot of pain and a lot of anger and a lot of like butting heads and it doesn't feel good. No. And then you end up lost and you don't even, you don't even know why. And I feel like the cool thing is, is right now there is this sort of surge of consciousness on our planet and people that may not know it or they may know it, but suddenly I really feel like people are very drawn to these things. They, they're more drawn and more curious, like you Mm -hmm. said, about, well, what is yoga and what is meditation and what is sound healing? And, um, I just feel like the time is now where people are really looking more to, huh, I don't feel my best. What are these things that I can do? Right. And what are these different things I can do? It's not just about going to the gym and running on the treadmill. You know, for the longest yeah. time, I would try to offer classes that were gentle or restorative and nobody would take because they wanted and they wanted a workout, mm-hmm. you know? And yeah. sometimes it's just trusting to try something different. Yeah, um, yeah about burning calories (laughs) I used to be that person like I started with power yoga I had to be sweating right had to be at least 45 minutes long and now I'm like yeah I just found the path and like connected within and realized that my body actually doesn't do well on really intense cardio all the time it doesn't need it it doesn't want it it wants like the slower the strength the inner the breathing and yeah exactly just yeah not to be burning the calories to look a certain way to fit into a certain gene size right like all of that was my reality and like this is causing me so much pain and I don't feel fulfilled even though I look a certain way right so it's like this isn't working there has to be another way enter yoga (laughs) enter sound healing well and it's also that mindset I remember I was on a walk with a girlfriend it was about six months ago or so. And she's, and she's an avid yogi. Really. She is. She comes to my classes all the time. She's practiced yoga forever. And she's like, I don't meditate. I don't like to meditate. I can't sit still. I don't have the time. And I was like, you may not sit on your mat and close your eyes and meditate, but she's an artist and she's also a gardener. And I'm like, you, every time you paint, what's it feel like? And she describes a blissful state of meditation. When you garden, what does it feel like? And I'm like, friend, that's what you're doing. You're meditating. It's just a different way. So we can, we can all get to these places in a different way. There's not one size that fits all. Um, I think it's just finding 
and like you said, being curious and being open to experience the different things. Um, and eventually I believe people will find something that helps them get to that place. Yeah, no, completely. Our physical practice or it's a two hour philosophy study or it's lying in Shavasana for 20 minutes or I mean, you name it, sound yeah. baths, taking a bath. <laughs> yes yes all of them depending what day it is and how you feel <laughs> yeah I one of my actually when you were saying before like tapping into your intuition I was just curious what works for you like when you're having that moment where you're like okay I got to get into the different mindset I'm going to teach or I'm just out of whack what is what is your practice to do that well it's interesting um so i've always been since i was little um very intuitive and even a, like a little bit psychic and just kind of like having this real sixth sense and also being very empathic and very sensitive and so i think i've always been kind of drawn to that but it's so easy to ignore your inner voice so a lot of what i've been working on in the last several years is to really hone into my intuition what does it sound like? What does it feel like? Does it come in as a feeling? Does it come in as a voice? Does it come in just as a knowing, you know, right. what is it? So as far as that intuition portion, that's kind of my practice is really figuring out what is it, you know, because for some people, it's a hard, fast ping. Other people, it's a feeling. And it's different for me. It's mostly a feeling. Oftentimes, it's a voice. Um so like, I'm like hearing voices, but you know, it's like a, it, oftentimes it is just like a really clear voice, yeah. um, mostly feeling and just a knowing. Yeah. So that's like the straight intuition. But for me that the, the shift in like attitude or, you know, like, oh, I feel really crappy or I'm tired. Um, I think it's when I tap in, like when I go from this to this, like the, the second I get on my mat and I close my eyes and I start to center my class, I'm doing that part of the practice as well. And I believe so wholeheartedly in the path and what I'm saying. And I believe so wholeheartedly in that inward pivot into my heart that it just, it just happens. I mean, it just, it's part of the magic. I think, you know, the moment I start the chant or I'm introducing the theme or I'm have them closing their eyes and we're centering and coming into the breath. I just, and I feel like that's, what's being in the flow of grace. Like I just align, literally align with that one true light with, with source. I align with the true light of my heart. I align with spirit and it just starts to move through me, but it's a conscious choice to do that. You know, I could stay all, but it's a, it's a constant or a conscious choice to say, no, right now I'm doing this. And I think teaching yoga has helped me. Um, I remember I was teaching a ton. I, when I was going through a divorce and there would be times where I'd get on my mat and I would think, I can't teach this right now. I don't feel it. You know, I, I'm lost and I'm sad and I'm broken and I have all these things going on, but I stuck with it. Mm -hmm. And then the teaching started to feel authentic and real again. Yeah. There is a time when I think it's really hard. Um, 
But for me, that's just part of the practice and is reminding yourself infinitely that there's a path of return. Oh, I love that. Even if you get super lost and devastated, like there is, there is a light that you can turn back to. And the beauty is, is it's always there waiting for you. I mean, it hasn't failed yet. Yeah. 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 I honestly, the same thing. Like I I see it almost as like a relationship and yeah, since I have like a two-year-old now, like when I, like I go from like my corporate America day job. Right. And then he comes home and I go from being like deadlines ah, to seeing my two-year-old and I'm suddenly like, I see him. I focus on him. It's like everything else is just suddenly like, eh, eh, eh. <laughs> and it's, I see, I've started like, honestly, since having a child, it's built my own ability to mother and connect with myself because suddenly the noise that was very distracting before doesn't mean as much as like having that like loving relationship with my son but I've seen that for me to be what I want to be for him it gets to be me coming home to me too you know well and you see in children I mean they're natural yogis right they're natural because they're so much closer to God than we are right we get so you know lost they're so much closer and they just have that like that ah wonder still Mm -hmm. which is part of what we're trying to get back to they're so naturally already flowing in a state of grace you know they're they're silly they laugh when they want to laugh they cry when they want to cry over they don't become the tears they don't become you know they're just they're such a beautiful reminder and it's so sweet that you say that you tap into him like that and in that moment for you that's a remembrance right so you're practicing that which is so cool Um, and I, for a long time, when I felt like I was in turmoil with relationship or whatever, I started a practice of when my little one, she's seven now, and I have a 17 year old. So for both of them, when they would talk to me, instead of staying busy with what I was doing, you know, doing the, whatever it was, making the dinner, I would stop and I would look into their eyes, like really just stop and look into their eyes or they're talking to me. And the magic and the shift for me was almost instant. It was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> yes, look at how chills. sweet you are. Like yeah. look at how innocent you are. Look at the love that, and all you want is for this right now, for me to look at you. And in that moment, it's a remembrance. It's like, well, who the hell cares about the dinner or the dishes or the, like, let me just have this moment. And in that moment, there's that spark of yeah. sweet, sweet remembrance. Yeah. No, totally. Yeah. Magic is such a good word, like sparks magic. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Oh, so awesome. Yes. Oh, I love this conversation. Yay. <laughs> well, let's move. I, you've mentioned that you've done, you do your yoga classes. Um, you do the sound healing sessions. What's the best way for people to find out more about you? Is it Instagram? Yeah, so unfortunately, so I'm working on a website. So I actually finally, it's been my big thing that I want to do in 2021. So 2021 is, I'm going to get a website. You got some time. (laughs) I'm working on a website um, because at first I thought, oh, social media is fine, but not everybody is always on social media. Um, I do post my schedule on Instagram and Facebook. um, And right now, that's the best way to, to find it or 
text me, you know, it's pretty old school because it's just me in my studio right now. I am toying with the idea of finding a space in town where I can move my studio and have a more kind of public access. I mean, my studio is open to the public, but I think that it's part of my home kind of throws some people and they don't know how to find me because I don't have a website. So there's going to be some fun happenings. The website is coming potentially a new location. And then I would be inviting in some other instructors and kind of keeping the essence of the sweetness of this little space because it's been so good to me for two years, Um, but also growing and, and expanding. So yeah, I'm on, um, I'm on Instagram as Align Yoga and um, it has a Facebook page attached to it. Tag that in the show notes, everyone. So you can find it that way too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, They can direct message me. They can text me. My phone number's on there. They want to find out more. Um, And then the retreats that I do, um, we have a website. So those are once a month healing retreats that we do with four other healers. So that's another way to get in touch with me. What is the website? Is that linked through your page as well? So it will be on my website. Um, It's Seven Sisters Retreats. So I believe it's just sevensistersretreats.com. So that's another way to get in touch. I can't wait to look at this up. (laughs) So yeah. Yay. Well, I always like to end with a question just in vibrant living ways. So glowing from the inside out, are there two or three local people that really inspire you in that way? Mm, goodness. There are a few of you mentioned Lavender Sun, Larissa. I just adore her. She's yeah. lovely. My teachers at Garden Street, Karen, Jen, Terry, they're amazing women and have studied for so long. They're so knowledgeable and wonderful. Garden Street Yoga as a whole to me is, I just, it's, you know, I mean, I have my own studio, but that's also like my home studio. I love very, very much. And then all the ladies I work with, I mean, my friend Holly, she does beautiful healing facials, crystal mm-hmm. facial. She's at Blush, wonderful. Um, and then my friends, Terry and um, Kim and Tisa. I mean, I just, I mean, I could, I have so many, <laughs> like, like vibrantly living women in my life that I consider sisters and healers mm-hmm. and very gifted in their craft. So Oh, amazing. So we should follow you. We should see the retreats and we'll get to you and meet all these fabulous women as well. (laughs) Awesome. To all that self-love. Yeah. Perfect. Well, Amy, again, thank you so much for joining me today. This has been an absolute joy. Thanks for joining Amy and me today. As you can tell, Amy's energy, experience, and wisdom are just radiant. Love it. I hope that your realization is that yoga, meditation, and sound healing are avenues to connect more deeply with yourself and to help de-intensify the noise and chaos of this world that we're all living in. Knowing that the human experience includes both joy and pain, arming ourselves with tools to find peace even in the chaos, for me, is just so comforting and supportive. As I continue this journey of discovery and holistic living, I hope you join me as I get to know more awesome, inspiring people in this Inland West region. Please feel free to share, like, and let me know who you'd like to hear from in the future. Sending all the love, light, and vibrancy. Until next time.